So I would say the best piece of advice I've been given is around integrity in that, you know, it's, and this is again, it's kind of one of those cliches, but it's something that takes a lifetime to build and a minute to destroy. So you just, you know, be careful with, with how you act with others because you could burn up a lot of goodwill through, you know, being selfish or being unscrupulous just one time. Welcome to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. The CSRHA is focused on ensuring that the needs and voices of rural Californians are expressed and heard, and is continually working toward improving the quality and length of life of rural Californians. This podcast brings together leaders in rural healthcare with policy advisors, community leaders, and other forward thinkers to gain a better understanding of what's happening across today's rural healthcare ecosystem. Each week, you'll hear the unique perspectives of industry and community leaders and how they're finding innovative solutions to the challenges of a rapidly changing and increasingly complex healthcare industry. Hello, welcome back to This is Rural Health, a podcast from the California State Rural Health Association. My name is Michelle Schneider, the president-elect. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Hertzberg, who is our president Welcome, Scott. This is just another episode of us doing a board member profile. So how is life as president? Uh, So far, so good. A couple of months and I haven't broken anything yet. So, you know, I've got some big shoes to fill from Heather Hawkins and from Ray Hino before them. So I'm really looking forward to what this year can contain. Yeah, well, we're very excited to have you, and I'm excited to work with you again. Um, How did you get involved with the California State Rural Health Association, and what makes you proud to be involved? So I had uh, not worked in rural health. You know, a lot of people have like, oh, I've been in rural health for 20 years or whatever. And I kind of fell into rural health when I took a job at Adventist Health back in 2017. And I ended up working alongside, as a, I'm a compliance person, and so I ended up working alongside our risk folks. And Heather Hawkins, our you know past president, was in risk at the time. And so we worked together on a lot of things related to rural health. And I attended a rural health conference to kind of like crash course, learn more about it. And Heather kind of <laughs> cornered me one day and said, hey, I'm in the California State Rural Health Association. I think you'd be a great addition to it. You should join our board. And so I did. She kind of bullied me in the nicest way into joining the CSRHA back in, I want to say 2018. And it's been it's been wonderful. I can't believe it's already been four years. But I joined alongside Ray Hino, who became our president. And then we kind of reinvigorated the board from that point in 2018 after it had, it had kind of gone stagnant for a little bit. The thing I'm probably most proud of with the CSRHA is seeing how much it has grown over the last few years. We need to do more growth, and I'm always looking to add more members to our organization, get some more people on our board. I'm really happy to see us expand into non-traditional things like doing webinars, doing our podcast, having a Twitter site and Facebook, even though Twitter and Facebook are old, we are relatively new to them. So yeah, just seeing it grow, it's my baby. That's great. And from experience, I can tell you sometimes the nice bullying or nudging to get involved with something, the best things come from that. So we're thank you, Heather. We'll give a shout out to Heather. And, and she is responsible for a lot. And Jody's board member profile. Um, Heather was a big factor in Jody joining as well. And we love Jody too. So again, Heather, shout out. So speaking of influential colleagues, 
who's influenced you the most when it comes to how you approach your work? Well, I've, I've had the privilege of working alongside a lot of wonderful people. And I would say that, uh, so prior to working at, at Adventist Health and prior to my current position, uh, I worked at Pacific Pulmonary Services, which is now defunct, durable medical equipment company. And my boss mentor at the time, KV Larson, she snatched my application off of a stack that was headed for someone else and said, I think this guy's got some experience working in law offices. I would like him to help me in creating this new compliance department. And I got kind of thrust into this whole world I'd never experienced before. I was just looking for a job. Like I was getting married and finishing grad school and I needed a job that was closer to where my wife and I were going to live. And this one hired me. And it, she totally changed my trajectory. So now I've been in working in healthcare for 15, 16 years. I can't imagine my life without it. She's a very detail-oriented person. And, you know, that's kind of like a trope or, you know, of the, you need to be detail-oriented. It's almost cliche, but she really helped me to focus and break even the most complicated project out into really small bite-sized chunks and to communicate that information with people who have absolutely no understanding of the work that you're doing. So that has something that I've been you know, trying to replicate and carry with me and share with others for a very long time. Those are great tips and, and advice because especially when we're working with people in under other industries or with other roles, it's just not as simple to comprehend when you're explaining. I can't expect everyone to, you know, work at a place for 10 years before I can show them a presentation, right? So finding common ground, explaining, you know, this is my ask, it's very small, but you'd be really critical to helping me get there. That's been something that has just dramatically changed the way I approach work and projects and all that for last decade and a half. Excellent. And on a lighter note, when you're not explaining things to other people, what's your favorite TV show or one that you always have on repeat? So I am kind of a, I have like two different types of shows that I watch. So I, I love watching the crazy late night HBO AMC Showtime, like super high stakes, no commercials <laughs> type stuff. And then, so that's what I do after the whole family goes to bed, so whether it's like Succession or Walking Dead or Billions or something like that. I watch those. And then the like bite size, I need just quick fix. The Office, I know that's also a very popular one. Classic, yeah. As the older I've gotten, the more I've like, wow, I resonate with different characters in the show. But then recently, Schitt's Creek. Absolutely love that show. I watched it live as it was coming out, like in Canada, but then in the US, and I kind of watched it as it was coming out. As soon as I finished it, I said to my wife, like, you really need to watch this show. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay, great. Popped onto Netflix, and we watched it like right again. So I literally did finish that show, and then the next day started watching it again. And... Whenever a little clip of it pops up, you know, online or whatever, I'll get sucked in and watch five, 10 minutes of it here and there. Yeah, they're a good follow on Instagram as well. Just if you need a smile throughout your day. Like I have a Rose Apothecary bag and like, just like there's little stuff around the house. So definitely Schitt's Creek. It's a good go-to. If you haven't watched it, I would recommend it. Anybody listening. I second that. And I was an early adopter as well. Good highlight of rural life. Exactly. Exactly. And I heard a rumor that you're an esports guy. Tell us about that. Right. So I grew up watching and playing, you know, the more traditional sports, um, soccer, football, rugby. But in the last 
decade or so, as I've spent more time at the computer, I find myself watching the stuff that my parents told me, you better get a real job. No one's ever going to pay you to play video games. (laughs) And I'm watching folks playing, you know, Hearthstone or like Overwatch, Call of Duty, whatever, you know, I see them and they're bringing in tens, twenty, thirty thousand dollars per tournament. It's absolutely amazing to see that we've come that far where we're kind of have this fan base and following that we can celebrate people of all sorts of, you know, types of skill and talent. It's all very competitive. They're training, you know, they have to get good sleep and exercise and all that, even though you know, their hands and eyes are the parts that are getting worked the most. So yeah, like every weekend or so, there'll be a Hearthstone tournament and I'll log on to Twitch and watch it for an hour or so while I'm folding laundry. That's excellent. And you're a multitasker, which is a good skill for a board president. No, it didn't take me an hour to fold 12 shirts. Exactly. Um, and what is your, if you could choose one superpower, what would it be besides multitasking? Right. Oh man. So this is kind of funny, but it's one that I've thought It's unique, I think, but it's one that I've wanted since I was a kid. Um, I have done very little to actually pursue it, but I would love to be able to have the ability to communicate with anybody, like any any form of communication that I could understand and communicate somebody with it. And that could be, you know, looking at a form of writing that no one has read in a thousand years or alien you know, descend to earth and I am able to communicate with them or sign language or Esperanto or Dothraki or, you know, something that's constructed. I've always had a fascination with languages. I studied linguistics when I was at the University of Cape Town and it's just a fascinating thing to me. I would love that as my superpower, be able to talk to anybody anywhere, no matter what they, you know, how they communicate. That's a good one. I feel like that's underrated. Language is very important. Well, and like I said, I I have taken very little steps to actually learn other languages. So it's not like, well, I only speak, you know, 12 languages, but I'm working on a 13th. No, high school Spanish and college Japanese. That's it. It's still impressive. Still impressive. Uh, Speaking of language, what three words would your friends and colleagues use to describe you? And they can be some different words for your friends versus colleagues. Well, one of the, it's kind of a weird thing that people at work have referred to me as cheers because I sign my emails that way, cheers. And so I would say they would definitely describe me as quote unquote cheers because, you know, no matter how like difficult an email might be to send and I work in compliance, I've sent some very difficult emails. I'm always trying to, you know, put that little smile on at the end. And so I would say that for sure. And, you know, a learner, I would say they would describe me as a learner. I'm, I'm always trying to learn something new, whether it's for work or for fun. And a third word, I don't know. I would say interested. Not that I am necessarily interesting, but I am I am try to be interested in what other people care about. So I may know absolutely nothing about wine tasting and growing, but Michelle, when, when that becomes your hobby that you dive deep into, I will sit and listen as you tell me all the fascinating things you've learned about it. And I will have no idea what you're talking about, but I am there for it. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Thank and you. And that is something that I actively try to do, especially because I've got three kids and my goodness, they talk about things I have no understanding of, but I know that there's value in showing up and I try to show up. (laughs) That's amazing. And speaking of kids and your teenage self, what advice would you give your teenage self or what's the best piece of advice you were ever given that perhaps could be relayed to your children? So I would say the best 
piece of advice I've been given is around integrity in that, you know, it's, and this is again, it's kind of one of those cliches, but it's something that takes a lifetime to build and a minute to destroy. So you just, you know, be careful with, with how you act with others because you could burn up a lot of goodwill through, you know, being selfish or being unscrupulous just one time. And then something I would love to tell myself, my teenage self, is to don't, don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff because, man, I could get myself very frustrated and worked up, you know, 13, 16 years year old me could get very frustrated with things that in the grand scheme of things were really not a big deal. Right. And how much time and energy you would have saved. I think all of us would have. Yeah, so much. It's like you see these um, people put together like movie clips of like, how would this movie have been different if they had cell phones? <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump. Like if he just picked up a phone and called like the, the movie is gone, right? We have no movie problem solved in 10 seconds. And like how how many things could I have solved as a teen if I had just like raised my hand and asked a question, what do you mean by that? And like, instead of agonizing and trying to, you know, overanalyze something. So yeah, absolutely. And what energizes you every day at your job, you know, contributing? So one of the things that that helps me to get up every day and do the work that I do. And I work in compliance. Compliance has a reputation of saying no, right? We're the people who you come and you, you're you like kind of awkward and asking them if you're allowed to do something. Sometimes it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission because compliance says no. I try to say yes. And I view my role in trying to remove speed bumps that might slow others down in doing their jobs. So I get a lot of satisfaction and energy from being able to have a conversation with someone and say, look, you want to do this, here's how we get there. You have to go get this license or you have to document something this way. But yes, you can do that thing you want to do. Because I work with you know doctors all the time, these folks who are highly trained and have devoted their lives to a profession and to be able to tell them like, no, you can't prescribe that drug, that kind of shuts down. But if I can say, here's how we can get you there. That's that's what I really look for it every day, trying to find the yes. And I'm sure everyone appreciates that. I mean, it makes the no's much more powerful. Exactly. Yeah. No one wants to be the no person. Yeah. And what do you want listeners to take from our conversation and, and just take from the California State Rural Health Association in general? What's your message to our listeners? Ooh, so listeners, let's say all the things that I talked about. Don't be afraid to ask, what do you mean by this? Right. If you get some funky message from CMS that makes no sense to you or, you know, an accreditor marks you down for something, ask, seek clarification, make it clear that you're information seeking, that you're not being aggressive and interrogative. But, you know, seek first to understand, go with grace, ask for help. And we at the CSRHA are, you know, one of our goals is to try and connect with each other so that they can collaborate and work together. Because we are not able to swoop in and take care of your patients for you. But we might know someone who's got the resources who can, who's looking for someone to help. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out, ask for help. We're all in this together. And, you know, our ultimate goal is to improve the lives of folks who live in rural California. You know, we can do this if we just ask for a little help and aren't afraid to give it. True. Generosity is key in all of this. We need each other to succeed in our big, wonderful state. Yes. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you on our podcast soon. 
Yes, take care, everybody. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. This is Rural Health is the official podcast of the California State Rural Health Association and is made possible by the generosity of our members. Our producer is Noelia Sanchez at Noteworthy Lab. To learn more about the CSRHA or to become a member, visit us at csrha.org. If you have a suggestion for a future guest or topic for the show, email us at podcast at csrha.org. To make sure you don't miss any future episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at CSRHA Podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support of the California State Rural Health Association. This is Rural Health. It's copyright by the California State Rural Health Association. To find out more about the CSRHA, visit us at csrha.org.